1: Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, you know it's come mainstream when the University of Maryland has a health tip out today talking about the benefits of the omega-3 fatty acids, reducing bad cholesterol, raising good cholesterol, lowering your blood pressure, reducing the risk of heart attack and stroke, controlling diabetes and arthritis pain, aiding weight loss, protecting you from osteoporosis, and reducing the risk of mental illness, the benefits of omega-3. He is a well-known homeopathic educator. In fact, he is president of the Connecticut Society of Homeopathic Practitioners. He is also a prolific author who joins us today to talk about his latest book, A Unique Look at a Unique Method of Healing. The book is entitled The Healing Enigma. Demystifying Homeopathy is what our conversation is about with Vinton McCabe, who joins us today. We invite you to join us, your questions about homeopathic medicine at 1-800-307-3002.
0: Now the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest.
1: Let your fingers do the walking. Oh, isn't that what the ad adage uh, says? And if we let our fingers doing the walking these days on the internet, we run across at the CDC's website, cdc.gov, the National Health and Nutrition Exam Surveys. These have been going on uh, periodically for a number of years now, and they basically tell us where we stand nutritionally as Americans, the fact that 40% of those over the age of 60 are vitamin, vitamin B12 deficient, which is often um, masquerading as dementia, low magnesium, calcium, iron, zinc. Uh, does it make a difference? Well, apparently, uh, there's some very prestigious research uh, today out of uh, Tufts University. Uh, the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Healthy Aging Center there, published in the current American Journal of Clinical Nutrition that uh, Dr. Maidani from Tufts University has found that normal serum uh, zinc concentrations in seniors in nursing homes are associated with a decreased incidence and duration of pneumonia a decreased number of new antibiotic prescriptions, and a decrease in the days of uh, antibiotic use. So just think about it. If everybody uh, in nursing homes took optimal amounts of zinc, wow, we'd have less pneumonia, less antibiotic prescriptions for pneumonia, a decrease in the number of days of antibiotic use, just by optimizing zinc. Wow. And, of course, if we look at those national health and nutrition exam surveys at CDC.gov, all too many of us are zinc deficient. Well, speaking of nutrient deficiencies, uh, additional research coming out today, in fact, it's published research in the journal Neurology about vitamin D. Keep in mind, 60% of all Americans vitamin D deficient, and those are of the age of 60, 75% of men I'm sorry, 75% of women, 63% of men, vitamin D deficient. What this study found is that if you are taking seizure medications and have been long-term, it is often linked to bone loss. I didn't know that was one of the side effects of, of a seizure medication. What they found, though, is that supplementing with high levels of vitamin D, they were giving 4,000 IU a day for adults, 2,000 IU a day for children, stems the bone loss caused by the long-term use of anti-seizure medication. So I suspect if we take a look at drug-induced, in this case seizure drug-induced nutrient depletion, we're dealing with more vitamin D deficiency. And now with uh, recent research showing that 92% of African-American babies, 66% of white babies born in the U.S. are born in a state of vitamin D deficiency. Eye-opening information. Well, they're excited. They're trying to temper it. Because, of course, after all, they want more money for more studies. Laboratory test on leukemia cancer cells at the University of Rochester Medical Center are leading many to believe that the clinical trials that are set to begin in England to determine whether a form of feverfew is going to be an effective agent to kill leukemia cancer cells will bear out all the hope and promise. Of course, feverfew is approved as a drug in Canada uh, for its uh, uh, great benefit in helping to prevent migraine headaches Back in 1977, a University of Toronto cancer researchers uh, made an amazing discovery that there are uh, stem cells and that stem cells uh, that have turned aberrant can also uh, cause cancer. So they began to study the molecular structure of stem cells and then wanted to find out which drugs hold promise to attack these aberrant stem cells. And they found that feverfew makes a difference. So we'll wait to see what the clinical trials show that perhaps this common bachelor button flower, feverfew, may be a cure for cancer. Speaking of cancer, we've been talking recently about the Johns Hopkins University research that shows that the use of hormone-suppressing therapy, therapies like Lupron for prostate cancer, now being shown to actually cause Metastasis, the cancer to grow. We know from previous studies that this hormone-suppressing therapy puts men at high risk of bone thinning. Now, a new study out, in fact, it's published in the current journal of the National Cancer Institute, finds that prostate cancer patients who use Lupron or other antigen deprivation therapy triple their risk Of dying from heart disease. Why? Because they have dangerous drops in testosterone levels, thanks to the uh, hormone-suppressing therapy like Lupron. And quote: A drop in testosterone provokes insulin resistance. It leads to type two uh, uh, diabetes. It also is also linked to an increase in bad cholesterol. So they are now. taking a look at the risk versus the benefits of hormone-suppressing therapy for prostate cancer. So just keep in mind, it uh, has now been shown, thanks to John Hopkins University researchers, to actually cause the cancer to spread. Other research to show that it thins the bone. And new research out of Harvard's radiation oncology program that it's linked to an increased risk of heart disease, tripling that risk not to be taken lightly. What's well, European scientists who are now publishing in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition? A 12 month study of children in Australia taking a look at adding to their diet a specific vitamin and mineral mix on a daily basis. What did they find? They found that the children who consumed the daily vitamin and mineral mix in a, in a drink form, quote, performed significantly better. On mental performance tests, then children in the control group, the daily drink contained a mix of micronutrients of iron, zinc, folic acid, vitamin A, vitamin B6, B12, C. With the omega-3 fatty acids, the placebo group got the drink with nothing added. And what they found is that added nutrients improve learning in children. The power of our plate, it does make a difference. Well, I saw him in Las Vegas in July at the uh, uh, Natural Products Association's marketplace. Dr. Alex Schaus, uh, Senior Director of Natural and Medicinal Products Research for uh, AIBMR Life Sciences. He's been a noted educator and clinician in natural sciences for many years. He did a presentation, an international symposium on human health effects of fruits and vegetables. In fact, uh, it's slated to, uh, to be done just today in Houston, Texas. He has highlighted the in vitro studies on the antioxidant capacity of Mona V, as well as the in vivo studies, indicating that the fruit antioxidants in Mona V are in a form able to enter into the living cells and actually protect them. In fact, uh, he told me in confidence that a number of university researchers are so excited about the antioxidant capacity of this multi-level product, V, uh, that they have called him repeatedly to express their interest because the studies are so amazing that it's not only a strong antioxidant, but able to enter the cells as well, like any other antioxidant known. We're going to return to talk with noted homeopathic educator Vinton McCabe, his book, The Healing Enigma. We invite your questions about homeopathy today, right here on Healthy Talk Radio.
0: Check out Deborah Ray online, now with live audio streaming and audio archives of past shows, plus news stories, guest information, and the fast way to find books you've heard mentioned on the show. Only at HealthyTalkRadio.com.
1: I'm Deborah Ray. You're listening to Healthy Talk Radio. Well, I'll tell you up front my bias. Not everybody gets invited back here. Of course, there's a lot of people who would like to join us on the air, given the, that wealth of information that is unfolding. In fact, the nutritional research doubling every year. Um, so we try and choose wisely because we have a limited amount of time to educate and empower you about treatment options and then, as importantly, how to make an informed decision about what's right for you. So we are delighted and honored to have somebody who certainly earns his repeat invitation to join us today. He is a well-known homeopathic educator as well as a prolific author on the topic. He's joined us in the past to talk about educating yourself about homeopathy and his new book, The Healing Enigma. It's all about demystifying homeopathy, and joining us today is that well-known homeopathic educator, Vinton McCabe, joins us today. Vinton, hello and welcome.
2: Wow, I'm honored. I I, I sound really good when you say it.
1: <laughs> you are really good. At least your your books, you must be very good because your books are excellent, Vinton.
2: Oh, thank you so much.
1: But you also tell the, the personal story uh, from your days uh, in, a, in a VW in dusty Texas, That's out of your right. <laughs> out of your home element of Connecticut, um, delving into the world of homeopathy, as many of us do, um, with with not a lot of knowledge on how to start. Tell us your story, Benton.
2: Oh, oh my! Uh, it is a story of a real failure. And if I had stopped there, I would not know about homeopathy today. (laughs) I did what so many other people do. I had traveled to Texas where my parents had retired and was on an extended stay down there from Connecticut. And my skin started to break out because it was so hot and so humid. And I was embarrassed by that. So I went to the health food store and I did what so many people do and just read the tubes. You know, if you look on a tube of homeopathic medicine, it will say quote unquote what it's for and that's required by our US government for over the counter medicine so I picked up a tube of sulfur because it said acne on it and I thought okay I'll try this and I had one of those little tiny paperbacks that was maybe 100 pages that was supposed to tell you everything you needed to know about homeopathy Right. and I tried it and my skin broke out like crazy all over my body And I was too ignorant of homeopathy to realize that it was doing precisely what a homeopathic remedy will do. It was bringing it out. It was expressing the symptoms. And had I just let it go and let it do its action, it would have cleared my skin and I would have looked much better and felt much better. But instead, I panicked, thinking, oh, no, I've done something terrible here, and (laughs) swore I'd never have anything to do with such a crazy thing as homeopathy again, and indeed it was years until I I would consider it again, and I had to get so sick that there was no other option. See, I'm glad you said this is a personal book, because this book really is sort of half a memoir and half a philosophy, and I got, in my early 20s, colitis so that I I say now I had every restroom in the tri-state area mapped in my mind. I had to know where they were in case. And I had tried everything. I ended up at Yale New Haven Hospital with a specialist telling me I was moving into Crohn's disease, and within ten years, unless there was a miracle, I would be moving into colon cancer. And that my alternative was surgery. Well, I had a landlady at the time, bless her heart, named Peggy, who knew of a homeopath in Connecticut Mm -hmm. and said, why don't you just try it? What do you have to lose? And, you know, my mind flashed back to my skin back in Texas a few years before. But I had nothing to lose. Uh, If it was a choice between surgery or bad skin, I would choose the bad skin. And I went to that homeopath, and within five days of going there, I was so vastly improved that my life was set free once more. I wasn't totally cured. That didn't happen for a longer period of time. But I now haven't had colitis in 25 years. And it's because of homeopathic medicine. And it was that healing, that powerful healing, yeah. that got me started in my study.
1: And it is well, uh, vented a perfect segue because so many people listening to you, and, and you were, I'm, uh, I'm sure I certainly was, brought up around that grandmother's kitchen table, what did the doctor tell you to do, yes. culturally conditioned, in an anti-medical society. It's an antibiotic, an anti-hypertensive, an anti-histamine type of approach.
2: That's very well but I'm going to steal that.
1: <laughs> so when you talk about homeopathy working with stimulating the body, I'm sure you get a lot of people who say, huh?
2: I do, and you know what I tell them? I tell them they learned homeopathy in seventh grade when they learned Newton's basic laws of the fundamental rules of the universe. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And that describes not only how the universe functions, but how our bodies function when it comes to healing. So when we look at symptoms, say you have a cold and your nose is running, in allopathic medicine, they're going to give you a medicine that makes running noses dry up, that works in opposition to what's happening. And that works well on the initial impact of the medicine. But what allopathic medicine forgets is that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So the action of the medicine dries up your nose, but your body's reaction to the medicine actually makes you have a worse set of symptoms in the future. So in homeopathic medicine, by working with the symptoms, by literally giving you a medicine that would make another person's nose run, because yours is already running, the initial action of the medicine may make your nose run a little more, just like it made my skin flare up back in Texas. But your body's reaction to the medicine is what the homeopath is counting on. And in the reaction, your immune system will push back harder, and it will expel all the symptoms, leaving you totally cured. Nothing is suppressed. Nothing is covered over. Instead, it's brought out to the surface and expelled from the system for all time. So not only are you over that cold, but you're less likely to get the next one.
1: So, with your your interest and in, and in educational expertise and many years of experience in this arena of homeopathy, and I'm sure you took a look around because we are in the midst of a uh, nearly six-decade-long experiment with this anti approach to medicine. Yeah. And you know, take a look at the amazing, staggering statistics in terms of the money we spend and the technology available to us, and we're sick.
2: Yeah. In my new book that I'm working on now, I refer to us as animated corpses because that's what we're becoming. Medical science today has the ability to keep the body actually functioning, but our ability to live free from illness is all but gone. And I'm worrying what happens in the next 20 years and the next and the next. I believe that the same forces that are creating the inconvenient truth of climate change if you put them on the individual level, are creating havoc with our ability to heal. And that not only is the anti-medicine, yeah. but that's the cell phones and the chemicals being pumped into the environment. Everything, every one of these stressors just makes it harder for our own, what we in homeopathy call vital force, or what you could call an immune system, it makes it harder for that to function because there are more and more challenges to our system every day. So yes, I'm very alarmed for what the anti-medicine is going to lead to in the future.
1: And of course, we see the sober- sobering statistics of the you know, the epidemics of the neurodegenerative diseases. The one in 150, if you live in New Jersey, one in 92 chance of having a child with uh, with uh, autism soon return, Vinton, we'll talk a little bit more about um, the the wonderful history and the current science and practice of this uh, demystifying homeopathy. Vinton McCabe joins us today. His latest book, The Healing Enigma. We invite you to go to the phone, pick it up, give us a call. Your questions, 1-800-307-3002. Vinton McCabe joining us today right here on Healthy Talk Radio.
0: The place for talk on the Internet. This is TalkZone.com.
2: TalkZone.com.
0: The information on Healthy Talk Radio may be eye-opening, controversial, and disturbing to some, but it is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests as well as our knowledgeable host. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors, but it might just be good for your health.
1: One of my favorite sources when it comes to demystifying homeopathy joins us today. He is a well-known homeopathic educator has written great books on the topic. The newest one that brings him to us today is entitled The Healing Enigma. Vinton McCabe joins us today uh, to talk about de- demystifying homeopathy, um, published by Basic Health. So uh, the, the book should be available in, in all the normal sources. Right, Vinton?
2: Oh, yeah, go to Amazon. I want my rating to go
1: up. All right, all right. Let's say hello and welcome to Jerome. You're on the air with Vinton McCabe. Jerome? Good morning. Hi, Hi,
2: Jerome. Good morning. I am very much interested in what you are telling us this morning. I do have a question for you. What does homeopathic medicine have to offer in treating psoriasis? I've had psoriasis for over 35 years and uh, I'm always looking for something that will actually really work to completely rid me of this malady, but so far I have not come across that. Uh, well, you have today. Uh, Homeopathic medicine can offer you a great deal of hope when it comes to psoriasis. It is not something, and let me be very clear about this, that anyone should self-medicate themselves for. This is a complex uh, illness. It comes under the category of what we call psoric, which is P-S-O-R-I-C, illness. And psoric illness is functional illness. Many, many millions of people in our country suffer from various forms of SORIC illness. And all of the skin conditions, all of the allergic conditions fall under that umbrella. There's a group of remedies, and the one that I mentioned earlier, Sulfur, is chief among them, that are wonderful tools in ridding people of psoric illness. Now, the thing that's going to be a trick to remember when you go to see a homeopath is that the fact that you have psoriasis is only going to be one symptom that they're going to deal with. When we treat anyone with homeopathic medicine, we are trying to match, to the best of our ability, the totality of the symptoms that patient is experiencing with the totality of the sphere of the action of a medicine. So we're not going to just look at the psoriasis. We're going to want to know about your sleep patterns, your food cravings, your high energy and low energy times of day, how the psoriasis came on, what makes it feel better, what makes it feel worse, and on and on and on so that you're going to feel like this person's crazy. They're asking me all sorts of things that have nothing to do with the psoriasis. But the key is they're asking you all the questions they can that have to do with you. They need to get to know you in order to match you to the right remedy. Okay.
1: Do you know how to find someone skilled in homeopathy, Jerome, in your area?
2: I really do not. Very simple. Do you have a computer? I do. Go to the National Center for Homeopathy. I don't have the exact web address, but if you just Google National Center for Homeopathy, on the web they have a listing of homeopaths in every state in the union, and they're the single best national source for information. Wonderful, I will do that. Thank you so much for your time and for your help. Good luck to you Thank you.
1: Thank you, Jerome, for joining us today and uh, you know back to our discussion, uh, Vinton, in terms of uh, the anti approach you know versus like cures like yes. help us to delve in. Uh, you know tell us about Dr. Samuel Hahnemann and homeopathy.
2: Oh goody. <laughs> I'd love to talk about Samuel Hahnemann because it's just about two hundred and ten years ago that he first coined the word homeopathy. And the word itself comes from two Greek words, homeos and pathos. Homeos means similar, pathos means suffering. So what you said, like cures like, is the real meaning of the word homeopathy. The the term describes what we're doing. We call that the law of similars. And that is the core philosophy of homeopathy, that we have to work with our symptoms never against them. Now, Hahnemann codified homeopathy. He named it, but he did not originate these ideas. The idea of like curing like goes all the way back to Hippocrates, back on the Isle of Kos in ancient Greece, where he had what today we would think of as a health spa. And at that spa, as he worked with people in terms of natural medicine, in terms of their emotional well-being as well as their physical well-being, he decided that there were really only two things you could do in terms of medicine. You could work against symptoms, or you could work with them. Samuel Hahnemann, thousands of years later, graduated from medical school and began practicing medicine in his native Germany, and he found that using the medicines of his day, things like arsenic, which were considered medicine. That the patients were not dying of the diseases, they were dying of the treatments.
1: Now, was that the age, Vinton, of of, of purgatives, of, you know, these strong? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah.
2: And it was also the age of leeches. Uh When Hahnemann was practicing medicine, Poland was well known as the country that had the best leeches, and 14 million leeches a year were used in the treatment of patients. So yes, it was, it was a dynamically invasive time for medicine. And Hahnemann flew in the face of every teacher he had had and everything he had been taught. And you're so right. Even today, when we learn homeopathy, we first have to unlearn everything mm-hmm. we've been told since the womb. He had to do that in a in an adult state and say, no, this is wrong. Now, what can we do to fix it? How can we make, well, as he promised it in his book, a cure that is rapid, gentle, and permanent. He said that patients were entitled to all three, rapid, gentle, and permanent. Well, in modern medicine, as I see it, you can get any two out of three. You could get rapid and permanent, but it may not be gentle. You could get <laughs> gentle and permanent, but it's going to take five years, and on and on and on. But Hahnemann said we're entitled to all three, and he set out to find a way to do that. And what he did was to begin to say, those symptoms are there for a reason. They're not a war state. You know, we have wars on cancer and wars on AIDS and wars and wars and wars, struggling against diseases. Hahnemann said, disease is not an invader. The disease is your body's reaction to some sort of stress. When you have a cold, the fact that your nose is running is not... The cause of the virus, it's your body trying to flush the virus out. It's reactive. So Hahnemann said, let's look at what's happening. Let's figure out what the stressor is if we can. And let's work with those symptoms because they're there showing that the body is trying to balance itself. So let's help it balance itself. Let's not suppress those symptoms. That weakens the body. So, He began working in the other way, from every other doctor in his day. And he spent years developing ways of working. He took that arsenic that was so poisonous in its natural state, and he diluted it and diluted it and diluted it. And I don't mean he was just adding a few cups of water. He formed a systematic manner of dilution that he took one part of the arsenic to 99 parts water and then took one part of that the suspension and diluted it again and again and again systematically until, as we know today, in his day he didn't have the equipment to prove this, but now we can, until he reached the point where there was no arsenic left in the arsenicum, in the remedy. Only the echo of it, if you will, only the vital force of that substance left. And all that was toxic fell away. And arsenic that was so poisonous became arsenicum that's a powerful healing tool that causes no side effects, has no ability to harm, but an incredible ability to heal. That was really what Hahnemann gave us. The concepts of homeopathy come from Hippocrates, but the manner in which we can practice it that's what Hahnemann gave us, and that's what we've had for 200 years now.
1: Do you marvel that you know that, that somebody not only was willing to fly in the, in the face of convention, but was so brilliant in so many aspects of working with the body, of of the testing to discover the whole array of homeopathic remedies, and the whole dilution factor. I mean, this is just intriguing medical history, Vinton.
2: You know what's so great about it? It is proof positive that when we go through horrible trials in our own lives sometimes we make our greatest leap there. Hahnemann learned the, the things that he needed to learn he, from the fact that he was driven out of the practice of medicine he was considered such a heretic in his time that they not only forced him to stop practicing but they drove his family from town to town they threw stones at him And because he couldn't do anything else in in practicing medicine, and he had nine children to support, he fell back upon another talent of his, which was for foreign languages. He was fluent in nine languages. So he began to translate medical texts for other doctors. And he came upon not only the ancient texts of Paracelsus, but also uh, a modern Materia Medica, which is a grouping of medicine from a man, a Scottish physician called Colin. And this physician had gone to South America and had found that although the, the Europeans who went there fell prey to a terrible fever, that the natives never got the fever. <laughs> and when he asked them why, right. they showed him a bark of a tree called chinchona. And they showed him that when they began to get the fever, they would chew that bark. And Colin took some of that bark and chewed it, and he got a fever from the bark. So that was, when Hahnemann translated that as part of his work, that was when he had his aha moment. Because that bark had the power to create fever, it also had the power to heal it. So... If he hadn't fallen on such hard times, right. if he hadn't been so hard headed and such a rebel and such a loud <laughs> mouth, they would have let him just quietly practice medicine. Right, and we would never have homeopathy today.
1: Now, people listening who might say to themselves, "Oh, this is just like the you know the theory behind vaccinations," is it then?
2: Yes, as a matter of fact, Jenner was a contemporary of Hahnemann, and he learned a good deal. In, in his work in England on vaccine, vaccines mm-hmm. for cowpox right. from Hahnemann's writings, because it's dilution, and it makes perfect sense. But here's the problem with vaccination. This is what makes them dangerous. Homeopathic remedies are selected, as I said to the caller, specifically to the needs of each individual patient. Not only the selection of the remedy, but the potency of the remedy and the number of doses of that remedy. Vaccinations are given universally. So for some people, they'll work perfectly well. Mm -hmm. For other people, they won't do anything at all. And for the third group of people, they potentially can do tremendous and permanent damage. And that's what separates a vaccine from a homeopathic remedy. If we could find a way to take our vaccinations to determine precisely who, what individual that vaccination would help, you could eliminate the danger. But by the nature of the medicine, that's impossible. So when you take a vaccination from a flu shot on, Mm -hmm. you're really gambling. It may be fine, it may not. There's no way to know until it's too late.
1: How interesting! How interesting! Now, you know, I went through my my own bouts of of, of Crohn's colitis, and and, you know, had my own healing episodes with homeopathy that I found to be amazing. Because in my teens, Vinton, I uh, uh, was prescribed oral contraceptives because of irregular menstrual cycles. uh, Developed, uh, um, you know, the ovarian cyst. In fact, both of my ovaries were enclosed in cysts, which means. All of my menstrual activity ceased for five years, and I tried all of the very, very potent um, um, you know, andric, uh, androgen therapies, the, the prescription therapies. Couldn't put up with the side effects, nor did they work. Tried a surgical approach that didn't work. Finally, in desperation, just like you, went to a homeopathic practitioner, and within 60 days, uh, it was the most amazing healing epiphany That never reversed itself. And, of course, none of the conventional doctors that I went to believed it, could explain it to me, but it worked.
2: And and when you use the word epiphany, anyone who's experienced it will say, that is the word. Yeah. When I I had my initial healing that made me say, yes, this works, it was one dose of one medicine once. I was sitting in my bedroom. I took that dose. And, yes, the word epiphany was it. There was something down inside of me that said, you're not going to have this anymore. I had no, I wasn't woozy. I had no side effects, no sick to the stomach, no nothing. It was as if a weight lifted off of me that never came back. And I think for probably the first five years, I kept waiting for it to come back. I kept thinking, surely at some point this is going to (laughs) wear off. And it's taken all these years to realize, no, you know, it's like the Bible says, he who's set free is free indeed. When a healing takes place, and I go into this in the book, I see a vast difference between the word cure and the word heal. When a healing takes place, it never comes back. And that's what homeopathy allows us, is the opportunity to heal.
1: Got more questions for you. We'll be back with Vinton McCabe joining us today. M-C-C-A-B-E. Must read book, The Healing Enigma. We invite your questions all about homeopathy right here on Healthy Talk Radio.
0: Warning. The Surgeon General has determined that missing any portion of this show could be hazardous to your health. Once again, the host who's a medical consumer just like you, Deborah Ray.
1: Joined today by a noted homeopathic uh, educator and prolific author, Vinton McCabe joins us today to talk about uh, his latest book, The Healing Enigma, Demystifying Homeopathy. Um, but uh, you know, judging from the list of all of his previous books on the subject of homeopathy, and you mentioned, Vinton, uh, you've got another one underway.
2: Actually, I have two more that are, that are part of this series. Uh-huh. and I, I'm glad you're going to let me talk about them because I'm so pleased with them. Uh, the next one is called The Healing Bouquet and it comes out in January in just a couple months, and it's on the box flower remedies. And then the third book is called The Healing Echo and it will be out the next January. It's on the cell salts, the the um, what's called biochemic salts. And I wanted to do a series of books that show the full range of what we call homeopathy. So I go from Bach, which is based very much in the psyche and in the emotion, to the uh, cell salts on the other end of the set spectrum that are very much nutritional homeopathy, as I call it, uh, almost a balancing point between supplements and homeopathic remedies, and then in the middle is classic homeopathy, the healing enigma that speaks to body, mind, and spirit, so that the reader can get an idea of the full range of what homeopathy has to offer them.
1: So, in the Healing Enigma Vinton, we run across terms like no sodes, and I'm sure yeah. many of us have heard that and thought, uh, do I really know what that is?
2: Well, actually, it's very simple. Every homeopathic remedy is taken from some substance or other. Most of the earlier ones were taken from natural substances plant matter, animal matter, mineral matter. Today, we also make them from chemical substances, even from allopathic drugs themselves as sort of a patch against the weakness that those drugs can cause. But we categorize the remedies from that source material. And no sods are sort of a ooh spooky group of remedies because they're taken from disease material. For instance, there's tuberculinum, which is taken from tubercular lung tissue. Now, because we believe in homeopathy in the uh, idea of the stronger the poison, the stronger the cure tuberculinum, because it is taken from a very powerful disease state, is a very powerful healing tool. But it's so powerful that this is a remedy that lay people cannot simply go into a health food store and order. This would be for a deep, very, very strong illness that requires a very strong powerful healing tool and it's something that would only be in the hands of a medical professional so the no is something that we can study we need not fear we need to just simply understand they're taken from a different source from what we call the SAR codes, which are the remedies taken from healthy tissue but they're not something we should be playing with at home
1: we're going to have to have you back again for sure Vinton McCabe the book again the healing enigma E-N-I-G-M-A a real privilege and pleasure. I'm Deborah Ray reminding you to live long, stay healthy.